I dreamt of blood upon the shore, of eyes that spoke of sin. The lake was smooth and deep and black as was her scented skin. June 18, 1993, New Orleans. Dawn was barely perceptible, bleeding a diffused golden pink into the night sky. It was a tremulous light that merged, mist-like, with the darkness. Out in the bayous on the edge of town, there were one or two old men that, had they been awake and watching, could have accurately predicted an unusually hot, unusually humid summer's day. But they were not awake, and neither was Gabriel Knight. He was sprawled naked under a thin sheet that badly needed washing, and into his sleeping mind something crept. Its invasion was not nearly as shy as the dawn's. A dream. The dream. Unfortunately, Gabriel's unconscious mind did not recognize that it was the dream, and was therefore as vulnerable as a child squatting in the middle of the road. If only he were able to anticipate, he'd often thought upon waking. If his sleeping self could only recognize the tang of it coming, he might be able to steal himself. Dread wears thin. Images lose their power. He writes horror. He knows this. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blattberg. And tonight we're talking about Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers, by Jane Jensen, published in 1996. And our guest tonight is Chase Greenlee. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back. Glad to have you. So... Probably we should get this out of the way. This is the novelization of a video game written by the creator of the game, which is uh, unusual, I would say. Yeah. Puts it in a very interesting sort of category in terms of what one should expect. Uh, But how familiar are we with the Gabriel Knight series of games? I am exactly as familiar as somebody would be from listening to the Watch Out for Fireballs episodes on the, I believe it's the first two. I don't think there's a third. Mm. So the only two video games uh, in the Gabriel Knight series. I think they might have done the third at some point. Did they do a third? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a look here. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the Wikipedia. Oh, wow. No, they did. They did th- like three and a half, it looks like. Hmm. And then with a possible fourth being teased back in the early aughts. Well, there's definitely a third game. I'm just not sure if the Watch Out for Fireballs boys have covered it. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, But I think they have. I have played all three uh, and I'm pretty solidly familiar. They're very good. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. The first one is like an extremely good point and click adventure game. The second two... Uh, both do experiments uh, with the form, which is to say that mm-hmm. they uh, jump on trends in gaming that mm-hmm. might negatively affect their longevity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they did. They did cover all three. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I have listened to all of those, but whew. yeah, the, the the screen grab that they use for the third is unfortunate. Yeah. That is some some real Dorito people coming from uh, the early PSX era. Mm. Well, I, I have, I think I have looked at one of the video games. 
and I, I almost vaguely recall like something like in the first Gabriel Knight faces vampires and then the second werewolves or something. And I remember thinking mm-hmm. when I was, when I was like 13 or whenever these came out, like, wow, this sounds like a really good series. Uh, but alas, I grew up with a Macintosh and so cannot play games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one is voodoo. The second <coughs> one is werewolves. And then the third one faints at being vampires, but ends up being about the, uh, the genetic lineage of Jesus. Oh, <laughs> like about like the, the Holy grail as the bloodline of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Foucault's pendulum stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real Dan Brown bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, but preceding that by uh, a few years, right? Or uh, good chunk. Yeah. I think 1999. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they're all very thoroughly researched. So, like, if you've got a friend who knows a surprising amount about voodoo, it's probably because they played Gabriel Knight <laughs> since the fathers. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. I think around that time is probably when I got into the big book of conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. So that definitely, or uh, you know, uh, around that time, the whole uh, you know Holy Grail, Sang Real uh, conspiracy was going around. Um, but Vin, you mentioned. This book, the novelization, was written by the game's creator. Were were the other books? Sorry, were the were were all of the games written by? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's very much an auteur situation with these. Like mm-hmm. you can tell that Jane Jensen is really into taking like these deep dives into the subject matter, and then just like pouring that all into the game, and then sending her protagonist to deal with it. Uh, in the first game, and I believe also in the third, Gabriel is voiced by Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, Tim Curry doing his best Louisiana drawl, <laughs> and it's very much something. Oh. Huh. She worked on King's Quest Six. Yeah, she was like all over a lot of that Sierra stuff. Uh, apparently, she only adapted the, the first game game and use the title of the second game for the second book uh but apparently she didn't find doing the wikipedia dive of course Mm -hmm. uh didn't see didn't think that uh doing the straight adaptation of the game which apparently is just incredibly faithful uh like book game the book is apparently one-to-one uh apparently Quote, when uh, uh, when the time for the second novel came, she, quote, threw the whole idea of the game away and started again from scratch. Huh. So I would be very interested to see how the game and the book deviate. I mean, uh, presumably all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm super curious about that novel. Right. Uh, well, and they're out of print, too. So you will remain curious. Mm. <laughs> Unless you can. I mean, look, she might have a copy. <laughs> Like she's probably got a digital copy kicking around, and authors, I I have have found from personal experience when you bring an out of date book or an out of print book to an author with the genuine enthusiasm, they get very excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, so sorry, going back. Should should I? Not that I will, but should I go back and play these games? Yes, especially the first one. So the first one is like a classic Sierra LucasArts style point and click adventure. Mm-hmm. The second one is an iconic nineties FMV game using all real actors and footage. 
So it has all of the technological baggage that comes with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of the like theatrical presentation baggage. <laughs> and then the third one is fully 3D from the fairly early days of things being fully 3D mm-hmm. and controls in a very strange way. Yeah. Do, do you want to play an adventure game where the main character has the graphical fidelity of Cloud Strife? Mm. Oh, I, I uh, uh, only play video games where Tim Curry looks up at the sky and yells, Space. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... Although he he did he, he might do that in Gabriel Knight. <laughs> <laughs> the only place to be safe from voodoo space. Sorry, I have a child sleeping. Space. Ah, uh, yeah. No, his his accent choices are always. Uh, yeah, and you can tell if you look at the uh, the cover of the edition that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The the sort of gold crest with the jewels and the snake and the lion. And the background image of the Hanging Man are directly from the first game. Mm-hmm. And this grainy picture of Gabriel at a typewriter is directly uh, from the second game. Yep. Oh. Yep. Okay. So that's the guy who subbed in for Tim Curry. I was going to say, yeah. That, and they do a pretty substantial character redesign between the first two from the pixely version to... The FMV fella. Yeah, to this dude. Like, now that I'm looking at it, it has very, like, third brother from Supernatural vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. And honestly, conceptually, that's actually the story, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say we just have you just have to wait for supernatural to enter the public domain and then you'll have your your gold mine <laughs> but um yeah uh i i, I did want to comment on the cover mm-hmm. which uh it, it felt wrong in some ways that i could not entirely put my finger on but now that you have mentioned that <laughs> uh that's definitely part of it mm-hmm. uh yeah the fact that that guy does not look like he exists in the same universe as the hanged man or the medallion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also very clear. I mean, so this, uh, again, just what, from what I Googled, uh, this book was published in 97, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the game was published in 93. Yep. So the, the book was put out when like one of the, probably around the time of one of the sequels, I assume. Yep. Uh, which I think is the, uh, the best-selling CD-ROM game that they're referring to. I think the sequel is probably the CD-ROM one. Oh. Yeah. Again, in those those heady days of a three-disc CD-ROM FMV game. hmm <laughs> Oh, yeah. Remember all those times you had to, like, like, yeah, you had to change out the CD and, like, wait for a moment? hmm Wait for it to spin back up and load? Yeah. Oh, boy. It is just very interesting. Like, I mean, I guess I don't know. There, uh, uh, if I saw this book uh, in a bookstore back in '97, and I mean, I must have. Yes, <laughs> the, the bookstore still existed in 1997. I'm sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say I did not know this existed until I found it in a used bookstore in like <laughs> 2013. 
Mm. I was like, they wrote a novel of this? Wait, it's by the lady who wrote the thing? (laughs) Which is why we have this copy to look at in the first place. (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. I didn't realize this was your personal copy. Mm -hmm. Um. Actually, sorry, Vin. Uh, yep. Sorry, if this is your personal copy, uh, what is the? Uh, there, there. I think there, there's a quote above the title, but it's cut off in this picture. Mm. All right, give me thirty seconds. <laughs> you now will he, will will we cut this out or just give everyone a moment to breathe? Does, doesn't everyone need a moment to breathe these days? Exactly. Uh, okay. Actually, actually, well. Let me let me save this question for when Vin is back. But just mm. to to get you some pre thinking about it, right? If you if you could novelize any video game mm. or game in general, uh, do do you have one that you'd be like, oh, I I want to write this story? L- let me percolate on that one because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might I might have an answer. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see if this answer exists because there's a decent chance it does. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is one of the one of the dangers of like like oh my gosh like no one's written that'd be great to be like that that almost sounds like a a sketch you would write where like like hey guys I'm gonna do Alice in Wonderland but dark and twisted and like, <laughs> you know you know what we've never seen we've never seen like the Red Queen where she was like a murderess sorry <laughs> sorry Ben uh, <laughs> uh, I am actually glad that you sent me downstairs to find this. Because mm-hmm. this is a spectacular quote. Um, right at the top, there's a quote from Computer Gaming World magazine mm. referring to Jane Jensen as the interactive Anne Rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, and on, on, on that note, uh, Chase, where can the people find you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what else needs to be said. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I just imagine, like, uh, if, if you saw this in a bookstore in 97, would you have picked it up? I mean, me? Yes. <laughs> I would not have, but I was nine. So that makes more sense. <laughs> that would be great to be like, like, mom, can I have this? It's the interactive Anne Rice. Um, Why do you want to read about this naked, gross guy? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's it to me. This is like a classic um, tie-in in that it is not inviting anyone mm-hmm. in who does not already mm-hmm. uh, subscribe to this. Uh, you know. Yeah. Certainly, in terms of cover design, yes, yeah, yeah. No, that 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 guy who does not belong in the same world. But also, like, there's nothing like uh, I don't know. Like, I like the hanged man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's evocative. Oh, sure. Like, the medallion is a little big. Gabriel Knight, sins of the fathers, is uh very. It takes up a lot of screens, <laughs> a lot of screen space, a, a lot <laughs> of page space, and it it doesn't really uh, evoke a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's got a TM and a registered trademark symbol. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to say that that uh, this doesn't seem like it's trying to broaden the 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 audience right now. Mm-hmm. No, it's it, it's not pulling in anybody new. Mm-hmm. It's for the true believers, mm-hmm. <laughs> the shot in the Yeagers. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, okay. let's get into the text. 
<laughs> well, look, I think real quick, uh, while you were fetching that, mm-hmm. Ben ha- had a fantastic question that I would like <laughs> to get to. Okay. Should I? Yeah, I, I was, it, was, it, was your, it was your prompt. I was going to give you the honors. I was going to say, I'm not sure. It might have been Vin's question. Uh, no. From, oh, from, no. It, oh, oh, so uh, I, I asked uh, if you had a chance to novelize any video game. Ooh. Do you have one uh, that you would choose to do or one that is calling out to you? I mean, the obvious answer sticking to this period and genre is um, The Secret of Monkey Island. Oh, yeah. Which I think would take to it very well. You know, if anything, well, mm. um, my knee jerk reaction was dishonored, mm. uh, but I looked into it and there are already novelizations, Oh, which, you know, what might make for like a, a fun beach read at some point, because that is an interesting world and I, I don't mind spending more time in it. Yeah. Mm. Apparently Dowd comes back at one point. Who knew? Mm. Mm. You know, it's funny the the first game that I really remember playing Mm-hmm. was a game called Deja Vu. And I'm sure I've mm-hmm. mentioned this on, on the game. Like, it's it, black and white, point and click. Mm-hmm. Like, very, like, hard-boiled noir. Uh, but for kids. Uh, <laughs> um, and, like, there, there were a few games that this company made that were kind of like this. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> I don't know, I'd be like, well, I want to... Like I, I could novelize uh, Deja Vu, and it's like, well, then you're just writing like noir pastiche. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that seems like where I'm at these days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with noir pastiche. And you know what? I honestly also, I, again, like you know, this game is from '86. Uh, excuse me, '85. So I, you know, was like six or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I ever finished it, or probably understood all of the innuendo. Uh, but. Yeah, I wonder. How do they, uh, are there are 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 there good point and click games being made today? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there's a few out there. Yeah, it is mostly left to like indie devs. Every so often, you'll get something like a. I think Life is Strange is probably the biggest one that would possibly conform to that concept. Hmm. Uh, but then you have like the Wadget Eye Games uh, ones or like Thimbleweed Park. Oh, yeah. It was pretty big on the indie scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, Dropsy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess the Telltale Games all sort of fall into that category. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're out there. Okay. Uh, is 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 Return of the Oberdin kind of point and click? Or... Is- there's more puzzle elements Mm. like overt puzzle elements to it yeah that's on my to playlist Mm -hmm. i wonder if i would have the patience to play like back in the 80s if you got a game and you were stuck then you were just stuck yeah that was the game you had (laughs) yes yes whereas like i feel like today like what was i playing um do you guys know the the game uh the room or the the series Mm -hmm. yes those are great. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the ones that I played. And like, you know, like it, it has a, a mechanic that I think a bunch of other games have these days where like you can kind of ask for a clue, mm-hmm. you know, which is very nice in that it doesn't, you know, like if you hit a stumbling block, you don't automatically go, you know, spoil yourself looking at a walkthrough. Yep. Right. But like uh, it takes a lot of 
self-control for me these days not to just be like, okay, like what's the clue? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I wonder if, I don't know. I wonder, like, I mean, I guess you two have had good experiences with the uh, point and click uh, and, and, and games in general. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe humanity is not ruined for, for <laughs> games. Uh, and it's just merely my problem to, to handle. But Could be. I find I have less patience. Uh, I mean, that's relatively close to my reality, too. There always reaches a point, especially if it is like the third time that I have hit a stumbling block. It's like, oh, come on, guys. (laughs) I came here for a good time, not to feel dumb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not above Googling something if it's a real standstill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, especially if it's not a puzzle game mm-hmm. and they're like, can you figure out our riddle? Teehee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get a certain amount of like, what am I thinking of right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gabriel Knight, if I'm remembering correctly, Vin, this is the series. I think the second one is known for having a particularly bad, like you have to really know what she was thinking puzzle. Yeah, I think there's a couple in there. The, the, the cat, cat hair, hair that's mustache? That's the third one, yeah. That's the third one, okay. <laughs> yes, the one where you have to make a mustache out of cat hair for a disguise. <laughs> yeah, cat hair and tape. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's I think it's honey. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, N- makes almost no sense. Yeah. And then, of course, it just on top of everything else. Yeah, it's a series that's legendary for both its highs and its lows. <laughs> Hmm. Well, on, on that note, mm-hmm. maybe we should turn to the text. Let's. Should we start with the poem? Sure. I dreamt of blood upon the shore, of eyes that spoke of sin. The lake was smooth and deep and black, as was her scented skin. Uh, wait, I can, I can, I can take it with less affect. Uh, I could, I could read it with less emotion. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, this is not. Wait. See, yeah, this is why, like. Uh, before we began recording when I was doing a silly voice for this, like, I, for some reason, I could not, I, like, I have trouble reading these words uh, without mm-hmm. being silly. Yeah, it's got a bit of a clumsy meter. Mm. But the cadence is still there, and mm. you kind of want to lilt along with it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like if you are reading, say, uh, you know, like a, a Conan story, mm-hmm. yeah, and there's a, there's a bit of poetry, and you're like, like, I know you're friends with, like, Lovecraft and Clark Ashton Smith, but, like, you're not quite in the same uh, same level of poetic uh, awareness. <laughs> there's something there's something that feels very, like, I don't know, maybe it's also the, 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 the subject matter, but this feels like my goth high school, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I mean, the interactive Anne Rice. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, no, that, that, you know, honestly, if I was writing in 97, no, wait, I was writing in 97, I was writing a... Uh, a a novel of uh, 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 uh of the role playing game vampire. Uh, <laughs> so excellent, yeah. excellent. That's what I was doing, and I think like I was writing it, and I was like, I'm going to send this to them, and then I went to a bookstore, and I found that there were like a lot of vampire novels, and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. They've already thought of this. <laughs> God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, ninety five, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I just. I don't know. My, my, my eyes kind of roll off this poetry. It's just like, okay, we're setting up a tone here, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That bit, I think, is directly from the game, which I think it's one of those things where, A, as game writing goes, it's pretty good comparatively. Yeah. 
But also, I think that's something that ends up being delivered by someone. Mm. And the voice acting in the game is really good. So mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that's carried by performance mm-hmm. that doesn't translate on the page quite so well. Yeah, that game does a lot to be graded well on the curve. And the curve is very generous to begin with. Mm-hmm. I was just curious, like, yeah, especially, you know, like if your game is a hit and you are novelizing your own game, mm-hmm. uh, you probably want to... You want to give the fans what they want, which is the game in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so I, I'm just curious, what other games were like popular in 93? Star Fox, Mortal Kombat? Uh, so this this was probably like, yeah, this was probably pretty groundbreaking in terms of performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just narrative in general. Mm-hmm. It's like Tim Curry, Mark Hamill, Leah Remini. Like, there's a lot of big name actors in this. Mm. And like, actors who would go on to be big names in voice acting. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of pulled up, you know, popular games, 1993. I'm really not seeing a whole lot of, like, story-focused stuff. We got, like, Return to Zork mm. and, uh, what is it, Secret of Mana and Mist. And Mist is probably the other really big, like, story focus kind of deal mm-hmm. especially for pc mm-hmm. yeah i remember i remember wing commander having a bunch of name yeah. people okay yeah but especially when they got in like the uh when they started doing fmv stuff and just having regular actors mm-hmm. like uh <laughs> biff tannen biff tannen was in that oh okay hmm. mark hamill mm-hmm. malcolm mcdowell yeah Gosh, what a funny time the 90s were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tim Curry. Uh, sorry, that, that's, uh, I'm, I'm reading Wing Commander 3, Heart of the Tiger, which was 94. But yes. Okay. <laughs> so yes, so, you know, like I say, like, you're, you're setting tone and also, you know, if you had played the game, this little couplet would be like a nice jolt mm-hmm. of uh, memory, right? Or yep. mm-hmm. recognition. Then we get to the actual, well, actual, that sounds... That sounds like I'm. <laughs> that sounds like I'm bad mouthing poetry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all fine if you like meter, but you know, uh, 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 yeah, meter never matter. <laughs> uh, uh, and on that note, uh, Chase, uh, where can the people? Find you? <laughs> uh, yes, but uh, okay. Uh, dawn was barely perceptible, bleeding a diffused golden pink into the night sky. Anyone have any feelings about that? So we've done I like it. Yeah, like we've done, I think, our fair share of opening on a Vista mm-hmm. lines at this point. And I think this is a pretty solid one. Yeah. It's relatively quick. It doesn't dwell. And like a diffused golden pink is a really good color mm-hmm. to describe. Yeah, as far as far as first sentences go, <laughs> I 100 percent agree. That's going to break down real quick with the next sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I do want to just highlight the uh, uh, use of the word bleeding. Yeah. As uh, mm-hmm. another like tone setter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, but yes. Uh, sorry, Chase. Oh, I was just going to say, so the next sentence, it was a tremulous light that merged mist-like with the darkness. Tremulous and merged mist light. What the hell? <laughs> the odd. Uh, 
audacity. <laughs> you think like uh, it's a description of pixels uh, or uh... I, I think that's a charitable description. <laughs> I, I, I would like that to be what she was going for. But tremulous is a hell of a word to be breaking out at the second sentence of your novel. Mm. And it's an uncommon one. Mm hmm. And maybe that does more to set the tone of what to be expecting. But at the same time, I definitely had to take a, like, a second pass. It's like, okay, did, did I read that right? Am I saying that right? The answer was yes, but still. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, for me, you know, like, the, like reading, one, reading the first sentence. Okay. Don't at the beginning, but like just barely. It's still dark. Okay. That's great. Second line. Uh, also, it's still dark. <laughs> the light is just beginning <laughs> like okay yeah like i kind of i kind of got that from the first line i understand like this is a novel where you uh want to make sure we we get not just description but like feeling but like mm. i found myself really wanting to know what i should look at <laughs> or pay attention to at this moment mm -hmm. yeah um and then you know when we hear uh out in the bayous on the edge of town uh there were one or two old men that had they been awake and i'm like okay so like <laughs> what are we what, what are we going to be talking about here? And I do kind of like, uh, like there's something very funny about going from like, it's barely dawn, people are asleep, it's going to be a bad day. Gabriel Knight is not only going to have a bad day, but he's having a bad night. Like, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed all that in the first paragraph. Mm -hmm. And yet it felt very, um, it felt a little repetitive at times. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think feel like, like you have a thought. Yeah, that, that sort of one-two punch or like the opposite of a punch with the first and second line is like an example of um, a hat on a hat to borrow a phrase. Like, mm -hmm. like you have something nice and sort of still with the first line. Then you had to push it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, were I the editor, I think you could have cut the second line pretty cleanly mm -hmm. and be better off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that I think would maybe give a little more punch to the last line mm -hmm. of the, the paragraph, which was like, which, which is uh, referring to what is creeping into Gabriel Knight's dreams. Uh, its invasion was not nearly as shy as the dawn's. So it's like you get that nice like uh, sandwich uh, of a paragraph, you know, where we start with the dawn and we end with dawn. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But you're right. That second sentence uh, is unnecessary. Uh, it kind of reminds me, ah, I, perhaps I have made this comparison before. Have either of you seen the movie, The Lone Ranger? I've not. Which, uh, the, the recent one? The, yeah, the Gore Verbinski. I have not. Yes. Uh, uh, it is not a good movie, mm -hmm. uh, which is actually probably why I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by it in some ways. Yeah. Um, it's got like a very, that's, wait, is that the Johnny Depp one? Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> I knew I was trying to plug someone weird into it, and I was like, which weird person is in? Oh, right. Well, uh, the two main actors are uh, Johnny Depp and Army Hammer. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. like, if you can imagine uh, actors who exist less uh, or who are less problematic. Wait, what am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Yes. Try to imagine people more problematic, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, but no, it's a bad movie. Uh, in many ways, but it is very interesting to me because you can clearly see like where 
a certain amount of craft went in Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, we, we have this metaphor of time and like the railroad is time. And also this watch is time. And like, it's, you know, like building up these thematic connections between things, Mm. uh, which don't work at all, but you can like see them like trying to build something. And that's kind of what I felt in this, this first paragraph, not, not as bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And of course not starring uh, Johnny Depp as a native American, but uh, there's something about like, the perfect placement of dawn at the beginning and the end where I'm like, I appreciate it. It's not quite there or it's, it, maybe it's too much over the line. Like mm-hmm. it was there mm-hmm. and then you, you pushed it over the edge and you know, now it's hanging, uh, yeah. from, from a tree. Uh, but, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I wanted to like it. I do appreciate like, again, we do a lot of first pages that start with, you know, scene setting and tone setting, and I do really appreciate Jensen's like getting to some kind of action on the first page. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of other books, we just sort of dwell and, you know, sometimes that works and sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's great. But like the fact that we get to its invasion was not nearly as shy as the dawns at the end of the first paragraph is, is nice uh, as a relief for us who do this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then like going into the way that the dream invades his mind. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, necessarily what we'd call action action, but it's, it's a transfer from tone setting Mm -hmm. to character and, uh, conflict. It it is an incitement. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I I do want to say like, again, like, uh, this is not the way that most people would read uh, a novel mm-hmm. which is to say like to read one page and then like kind of uh read it again maybe digest it yeah um uh, but there's something thinking about this first page something that i kind of liked is that we start with like the first people we hear about are the old men mm-hmm. who like like the narrator doesn't even know it's like there could be one or two like, yeah the, the narrator doesn't know yeah uh, mm-hmm. it's new orleans yeah well, it's like maybe maybe one of them died in the night. Like we don't yeah. know. Um, like it's New Orleans. You know that these kind of men exist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like there's there's someone on a shrimp boat whose like knee hurts or something, right? Yeah. Um, but there's something about how they uh, that 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 notion of like they could have told you uh, if they had been awake mm-hmm. uh, and watching, you know, what the day was going to be like. So there, there there's something funny, like. They could know something if they were awake, but they're not awake, so they don't know it. Yeah. And then we get then we get Gabriel Knights where it's like, if he had if he knew the bad dream was happening, then he could do this, but he doesn't know it because he's not awake. Yeah, like something's going on, but no one's looking. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a, a strong way to lay in theme this early on. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and like to sort of tie in that like, you know, like talking about the weather through the vantage point of these old men. Mm-hmm. Uh, to like talking about Gabriel Knight and like whether or not he knows this dream is coming. Yep. Um, that was one thing that I said that I that I that I I thought about and was like, oh, like that, you know that 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 takes uh, a certain amount of thoughtfulness and you know I'm sure like like that. Well, no, I don't know what I say. Uh, yeah, that shows a certain amount of craft. Yeah, uh, and I appreciated that. Mm. That I think is going to be my my highest praise for this mm. page. <laughs> It's also nice that she takes a moment to let us know that Gabriel is just kind of nasty. 
<laughs> yes. This is a gross man. Yeah. And like, you know, as someone who is familiar with the character and has played the games, like, he's a specific kind of gross that this does a good job of setting the table for. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a writer and bookshop owner in a hot place <laughs> who's kind of skeevy. Mm-hmm. And here he is, naked but not doing anything under some gross sheets. She really made a point of just saying, it's like, hey, these sheets, gross, they're nasty, even mm-hmm. on the order of sheets. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, like, also, like, of course, if you were asleep, you know, in New Orleans, uh, you would probably have a thin sheet, if any sheet at all. But there's something about, like, mm-hmm. there's something about being sprawled naked under a thin sheet that, that does feel kind of, mm-hmm. not necessarily skeevy, I want to say, but, like, there, there, there's something uh, unpleasant here. Yes. Uh, or unkempt or like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting because it's sort of the corner of skeevy and unkempt and vulnerable mm-hmm. that I think is doing a lot of work. Hmm. Depends on the move. Sorry. No, no, I, I was listening. I, I didn't have anything good to say. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> It was hard to tell how far you'd gone from that angle. So I was yes. like, is there a household crisis? Just going to go for a quick walk uh, yeah. through the hot, hot Texas night. Uh, hmm. Yeah. I also, you know, well, uh, a question that we sometimes ask, if we remember to, mm-hmm. is uh, would you continue reading this? Um, Vin, you said you bought this. Mm-hmm. I have not read it. Okay. Um, uh, are are you likely to now? I think, um, again, this comes up a lot, but I'm not functionally doing a lot of reading. But like, I think as a person who has affection for the series and the character, I think this page is good enough that I'm like, okay, this wouldn't be a monster to read. Mm-hmm. So I can see myself sitting down with this at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes you crack into like specifically an adaptation. You're like, oh, this is this is not going to do for 200 pages. <laughs> but like, if this is the base level of writing, yeah, I could, I could function with this. Hmm. How about you, Chase? You know what? If I was in the right circumstance, <laughs> I would keep going like this. You know, the, she has set up a fantastic, like, you know, opening tableau. There's a dream. I'm kind of interested to see. It's like, what is he trying to escape in this dream? Um, I would probably, uh, keep on going, you know, give, you know, given the right circumstances, I have had weirdly good luck with the very small handful of video game books I have picked up and read over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have read, I think two or three of the halo novels, which are better than they have any right to be hmm. legitimately like fall of reach, like is the prequel slash, like it is both no, it is just the prequel to Halo, mm. and it's surprisingly well done and sets up a really kind of interesting world. And apparently, they go on to do some really interesting stuff with that universe, which you would never know if you only played the games. It's only in the books that it gets like really neat and lore heavy, <laughs> at least to my experience. Um, but yeah, and I've read those, and I read a couple of the um uh splinter cell novels when i was in high school i cannot speak to the quality of those <laughs> uh because they have been it has been much longer since i've tried to revisit them 
But I mean, those are, I mean, that's also just a Tom Clancy book. So, you know, it's yeah, like, you know what you're getting into. It's just, it's got his name on the cover. They're fine. But yeah, no, I would absolutely uh, keep, uh, keep on trucking with this one. Uh, what about you, Ben? Um, I, uh, kind of, uh, on the bubble on this one. Okay. Mm. I would be more likely, this is like real nitpicky stuff, but mm-hmm. I would be more likely to read this if the, the word the was not italicized twice, uh, on this first page in reference to the dream. Mm-hmm. That feels like a little, a little heavy, but, uh, th- th- there's this switch at the end to present tense. Uh, dread wears thin images lose their power he writes horror he knows this and i'm just like oh okay like there's something about that uh i mean maybe it's just that i'm a sucker for writer protagonists mm-hmm. uh you know especially like i mean it's such a it's such a cliche but like writer protagonists who write horror uh who find themselves entering a horror world i'm like uh you, you like you know shut up and take my money uh yeah like you know it's i i don't know why exactly um i have to ask my therapist uh to look into this <laughs> but like i don't know there's something there's something about that uh constellation of tropes that uh gets my attention um but i have to say i actually i'm i'm, I'm almost more curious about playing the game mm-hmm. yeah, i was gonna say like i can like unequivocally recommend playing the first game it's well written extremely well acted like it's like great old pixel art there's a remake that came out recently, uh, which I don't know much about. I think it has a different voice cast, which is super weird. Hmm. Right. But that'd be the one thing you could keep. Yeah. But I think hmm. the original is still out there on like GOG or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I wonder. So I revealed my shame a minute ago. So I'm going to ask the two of you, have either of you read any novelizations of video games? We've talked about the ones that we would like to see. Have you actually taken the dive into any of them? Uh, um, I was just thinking, like, I, I have a, a, a new answer mm-hmm. okay. for a game that I would like to novelize. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Katamari, Dem- Dem- uh, you know, and you say that yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. Katamari. Uh, just like ro- ro- rolling things up, I feel like would be a fun world to, to revisit. Mm. Just the lyrics to rolling over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know that I have ever read a video game tie-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say probably most of my tie-ins are, unsurprisingly, uh, going to be role-playing related. Mm, sure. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't recall. Uh, yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to have read like those old original Nintendo novels, like the Worlds of Power stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Power World. I forget which one is the. Is the which, which is the which one did Gary do? Which <laughs> yeah, um, I uh, think it's Power Worlds, and I think Worlds of Power is Gary Butterfield's. Yeah, um, Gary Butterfield of Watch Out for Fireballs, who comes up on the show surprisingly often. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I've read a couple of those. I couldn't tell you anything about them or even which ones, but like it's entirely possible that I've read like a Mega Man book and a Legend of Zelda book. <laughs> From sure. Like 1983. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've read anything in like a modern full game novel. Mm-hmm. But who can say? Who can say? Uh, ben, you mentioned that you 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 did some uh role playing game oh uh novels. Which 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 of those? Oh, I mean, 
the the one that I will have to mention uh, is the the Dragonlance uh, Chronicles series. Mm-hmm. I naturally, yeah, naturally, yes, that's like it's funny. I was just listening to a, an old interview with uh, Saladin Ahmed, mm-hmm. and like he mentioned them again, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like he's around my age, mm-hmm. and I feel like for fantasy nerds of around my age, like we're like, oh yeah, like the classics, you know, Tolkien, you know, and of course Dragonlance. Yeah, naturally. Uh, and of course, like other other D and D related things, uh, I've probably have I read Mech Warrior or or merely watched some cartoon show. I can't remember, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was I was pretty much I had I, I had a lot of brand loyalty. Uh, also, yep. they were the easiest books to find. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, they really were like well into the nineties. Yeah, because that that's what I cut my fantasy reading teeth on. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier bringing an out-of-print book to an author. That out-of-print book was The Soul Forge, and I brought it to Margaret Weiss at Gen Con a couple <laughs> years ago. Uh, and she just got this, this genuine, wistful look in her eyes. It's like, I haven't seen this book in years. <laughs> and I ha- it's sitting on my bookshelf just out of reach over here, right next to my annotated chronicles. But it is... <laughs> You know, the the dog-eared, beaten mm-hmm. copy uh, mm-hmm. that I dragged around with me during high school because that I, I am scared to read it because I'm afraid I won't <laughs> like it as much as I did when I was a kid. Because I know, I know Autumn Twilight doesn't quite hold up the way I want it to, mm. um, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Still better than the movie, <laughs> in case you didn't know that existed. <laughs> oh, the, the animated one? The uh, animated mm, Dragonlance. Yes. Ooh, I could mm. not get through the first two minutes of that. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, not that we need a a, a corner to discuss D and D movies. No. Hmm. Uh, but- a counterpoint, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, not like we we don't need one, but here it is. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Podcasts are cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All it takes is time. Yes, I. I mean, hopefully there will be a good one at some point. I guess mm. they've yeah. got a couple in the works right now. We'll see. Yeah, I think Chris Pine's attached to one. Yeah, and I mean, you know, whatever else one might say about D and D at the moment, like it certainly seems to be having uh, a moment. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think just just recently the the head of uh, Wizards Wizards of the Coast was named the head of Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Huh. So like, you know, that's some. Some clear uh, vote of confidence in how it's been doing. Yeah. Um, but yes, yes, waiting for something. Uh, and until then, we have actual plays, I guess. We do. Mm-hmm. On that note, uh, <laughs> since we're pushing an hour. <laughs> for real this time. <laughs> Chase, where can folks find you online? You can find me on Twitter at TQ Loudly. You can find me on Another Path, which is a D&D actual play as the DM. Uh, and you can, that is a podcast, I should say. It's an actual play podcast. It's an important word to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can find me as a player on Imprinted Echoes, which is a cipher system podcast in the world of Numenera. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Finn LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity, and you can find the games that I write at mrreciprocity.itch.io. And I've been your other host, Ben Blattberg. You can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. 
For show updates, corrections, and occasional bouts of actual research, subscribe to our monthly newsletter at monthly.darknightsreads.com. For everything else, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com, and we'll meet you back here next time, weather permitting. Can you see? Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Well, Ben had something important to say. Uh. He did. Let's <laughs> Son of a. See if he knows he disconnected. Mm. Oh, here we go. He's back. Hello. Hello. <laughs> this is. You know what? Uh, we should leave all the technical difficulties in, and it'll just remind people of what it was like when we had to do uh, multiple CD-ROMs. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but 